Hey guys, welcome to Church and Other Drugs. My name is Jed. How is everyone doing this week? Uh, luckily, everything's fine. There's nothing crazy going on in the world, and everyone's getting along. Um, that is my story, and I'm just going to believe it because I'm tired of it. I think it's time to yeah, take a break, delete the old Facebook. I don't know, man. It's just too much. Uh, I do want to shout out our newest patron, Patreon. Should I call them a patron or call them a Patreon? I don't know. Uh, Bethany Moore. Enjoy the bonus episodes. Me and uh, Kenzie just put one out last night. Um, Thanks, everyone, for bearing with me lately. I am, full disclosure, not in the best headspace. Still trying to get some medication stuff figured out as the story of my life. Anyone that's listened knows. Um, So when this happens, it's just a struggle, man. Like I hate, like I knew this would happen when I started back on meds. Cause it's not something you can just like stop because of, of my, I got a full-time job. I'm in school. I got all this stuff going on. So I don't have like a month to just like recuperate. So it's like, once I started again, I'm kind of on this train for, you know, the foreseeable future. And so it's like, I got to, you know, in, in the regime I'm on, um, or the regimen, uh, it's not Russian <laughs> I'm on right now, isn't working the best. And so I'm trying to tweak things and I just kind of got to deal with it and got to find something that works, um, the best. So yeah, send me your winning, uh, psychiatric medication cocktails at church and other drugs, uh, at gmail.com. Let's talk about it. Uh, So anyone else out there struggling with that, I feel you and I relate. It sucks. It's really difficult. And that's just where I'm at. I'm kind of just putting one foot in front of the other. But sometimes, some weeks, like I just don't have it in me. And I, you know, I thank y'all for being gracious and bearing with me during those times. Um, But that's kind of what happens. That's kind of what's going on. It's just some weeks it's all I can do to just make it through the week. Um, if you know what I'm talking about, but, uh, today we had, so I had, uh, a lot of fun doing this interview. It was nuts. Um, Besh's friend, handsome Sean is, is his uh, Twitter handle. That's what he chose to go by. Has a crit. This is just a throwback to a down and dirty, crazy, uh, drug recovery story. This guy ran cocaine for Mexican cartels, um, and did things with uh, Indian and Filipino um, cartels or criminal organizations as well, but I will let him tell you and uh, enjoy the ride. Um, send me an email, churchandotherdrugs at gmail.com, patreon.com slash churchandotherdrugs, and storefrontier.com slash churchandotherdrugs. Uh, all the music from the episode goes on my Spotify playlist, which is public. It's uh, You can search it, just Church and Other Drugs. Um, on Spotify.
I'm here with uh, old Debesh. Yo. Say hey. You gotta pass it. Yo, what's up, Debesh? We're gonna we're gonna practice uh, the best. The best. Wow. I'm here with Debesh and his. Uh, and his, I know you uh, never heard that. <laughs> his good friend, handsome Sean. Handsome, handsome, handsome Sean. He's a handsome, handsome devil. Where are y'all? Uh, where y'all coming from? Where y'all at? We're in uh, St. Petersburg, Florida. God's country. Yeah, we're both from New Orleans, but we both live out here now. Yeah, how did that? Uh, how? Wait, so that's pretty random because did like you knew that? I guess you knew that before you moved there, Besh. Was that uh? Yeah, I knew. Or you yeah, found out you yeah, were just I knew like handsome was out here. My dad lives in my Palm Harbor, and I when I cleaned up off of drugs, I came and stayed with him, and I kind of crashed on his couch for like eight months. Do you, you know where I, uh, Treasure Island is? Yeah, Treasure Island's right down the road. Yeah, oh like, yeah, that's so. It's not I, even twenty minutes. I went to a uh, sober living house in Treasure Island. I worked at one of the uh, resort hotels there. That's where I got my uh, the, the where I was a bellboy, where I I stole uh, pain pills and Xanax from a senior tour that came through. Right, because I, I had the keys to the room, so I went in their room while they were out at lunch and got buku fucked up on Xanax and uh, passed out in the executive uh, suite and my <laughs> got fired. And then I set that halfway house on fire, and then I uh, wrecked my car on the way to buy crack, and then I came to in a new house with a new car with a new roommate that apparently I met at an AA meeting, and I was just like, I need a place to live. And uh, that's my, <laughs> that's that my like an awesome day. Yeah. Remember that mic? Remember the mic? Uh, the magic happens out here. It does, dude. St. Pete. <laughs> I wrecked shop in St. Pete, and then I just because my parents lived in Lakeland at the time. Oh yeah, that's ways away. Yep. And so when I was uh when I moved to Lakeland, I, I, so I, I like met um my dope man was in Tampa, so I would always have to figure out an excuse to drive to drive Tampa. Forty minutes. Yeah. Oh, I can make that shit in thirty five, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, everything's so spread out over here. Well, Lakeland's like east east of Tampa. Yep, yep. It's it's a, it's a ways. It's it's not that far. I, it's I, far from here. Yeah, I remember. Uh, like I remember it was here. very like. Uh, it, it summed up my dope use. It, like I can't remember what there was some f- um, really built up and famous. Um, uh spaceship launch at the time and i was driving to and everyone you know it was like big news and everyone was like having watch parties and i was driving to tampa at night to get dope and i looked up and i saw the launch and i was like oh that's cool all right so heroin (laughs) (laughs) that just like sums up so clearly what it's like to be a junkie you're just like i I don't care about anything yeah yeah oh people are going to space cool (laughs) cool where's my dope dude (laughs) We would, and the other thing I remember about my time in Florida was I had a, uh, a orange tree outside of my apartment. And so I would, uh, use fresh oranges to break down my crack to shoot it up. Oh, oh yeah. Wow, bro, it was a vegan crack. Yeah, well, I was like, this is, this is healthy. This is healthy. <laughs> I was like, Travis would tell me stories about banging like $400 of dope a day, just drinking a V8. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> to like balance it out. Yeah, drinking an insurer. <laughs> so, uh, handsome Sean, let's uh let's hear some let's hear let's hear the story, man. So you, you, you already mentioned so you moved to Florida to get clean. So like uh start uh, yeah. from, start from wherever you want as far as early back as you as you want to go, but uh yeah. Spin us a yarn. 
Spin us yarn, okay. Uh, how about I go back to Katrina? Okay, perfect. Katrina. And if you if you want, you can grab the grab the mic. All right, let's see, I Katrina. I had been in jail for about maybe four months before Katrina, and I had gotten out because I had, I had, I had gone in for, I got pulled over in a stolen car and I threw the, I had a couple pounds of weed. I threw at the cop car and then I had some eight balls of Coke, but I stashed those in the car <laughs> somehow. The car was pretty trashed. It was a stripper's car that I took to go get a Taco Bell and to go sell some weed and Coke. And apparently her, her, her daddy that gave it to her had reported it stolen. Even though he gave it to her, pulled but a the cops up. I'm sorry. I'm gonna be it. There you go. I'm sorry. Um, but the cops pulled me over because they saw that it was stolen and it was a '91 Ford Escort beater with like a busted tail light or something. That's what I drove. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I tried tried to get away as best I could, but they, but they pulled me over. They said I had a oh, a racketeering charge that I'd had from way before that apparently had gone amiss. They didn't know to, uh, I was at large. Dad's put out a warrant. I, I, okay. I was in jail in New Orleans and they let me out in New Orleans. And apparently they picked up the charges in uh, Jefferson Parish. And they had been sitting out the way they pulled me over. They're like racketeering. I'm like, no, I was just speeding. <laughs> no, no, no. They, meant, they meant rocketeering, like the movie. Like no. Rocket man, dog. I, I, was, I, was, I was just speeding. And they told me like, I got in. I, I, anyways, I'd been in there for four months for that stupid shit. And they, but you, you got out before Katrina. Oh uh, yeah, I got God, out before Katrina, out. and I hooked up with this broad, and we got engaged like right away to take Caroline. Oh, all right. And I had gone out with her to San Francisco because she was going to school. She was going to USF, and we were staying in a place and. While we were up there, Katrina happened, and we got, I kind of got stuck out there for a little bit longer. And I wound up meeting a Mexican guy that was friends with her friend's roommate. And we wound me and this guy wound up hitting it off. This guy, let's call him Mr. Nice One. He was a he's a DJ, kind of a little, little fat. You were, did you ever meet Eric? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I wound up meeting him. Yeah, I wound up being real good friends with him. And his uncle was a big weed guy in the cartel i guess he was like one of those old growers that was like flying stuff in a little little prop plane across the border and he brought me down there he thought that i would be perfect for it <laughs> and it was kind of it was crazy it, it took a long time before they actually brought me down to like interview Wait, for the job right, so tell me well i, I don't want to glance over the because i love how uh this is the the classic uh drug addict thing it's like yeah, I mean, you know, I just got brought back, to, uh, brought down to the cartel to interview, and people were like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> like, so, uh, okay. Well, they so, needed drivers. <laughs> okay, so you met this this Mexican dude, and he Mexican was like, guy, yeah, Mexican in San guy. Francisco. And, he's DJ. He's, he's he he grew up in California, but his family's uh, old school gangsters and stuff. And so when he was like, "Hey, I want to bring you down," you weren't like, "Yeah, this ends well." Like, sure, and there's nothing. Actually, dangerous. I was stoked. Yeah. <laughs> I was really stuck. I'm like, yeah, that sounds like a badass job. He's like, yeah, you just uh, drive from Tijuana to Toronto. No big thing. It's cool. All right. So yeah. So you were <laughs> like, yeah, thirty kilos just... in the in the trunk behind the the trunk in the back seat, and then you go meet some guy at a hotel, 
Well, we'll yeah. go go back to so what's the so you, so you have to go to the interview process, okay? Yeah, the interview process was kind of like long. It, it, I, I had, uh, did they provide like snacks? Yeah. <laughs> What'd you say? They they, yeah, they provide snacks. Oh, at the interview, yeah, he. Uh, but yeah, I so had tell to me go meet. The, this, I want to hear guy. the interview process. As it took probably like a couple of weeks. I went to Sacramento and we stayed out there and. Met, oh God, uh, this guy—I don't even remember his name. I don't really want to say his name, but uh, yeah, we can leave out names. He—he—he uh, he, he was kicked out of Mexico apparently because he'd fucked over some other friend of his, and in order for him to still be alive, they said he had to leave. So he was up there. He didn't even barely speak uh, English or anything, but he was—you know—he's a—he's a wild guy. You know, like a Mexican restaurant. Apparently, he was the the guy in the states that would do something. I I don't really know exactly what he did, other than he seems like he just kind of ripped off the drivers. <laughs> so, <laughs> he, what, what, what kind of questions do they ask you for this interview? Um, kind of like run me through driving through. Like, what do you say when you go across the border? What are you going to say when the guard asks you, "Why are you coming to Mexico? Why are you coming to Canada today?" Why are you here? Why are you drive up here with uh, by yourself in the car? Uh, what the, can we check your car? What what are you gonna say then? What are they gonna say when they, they ask they can check the car, man? What are you gonna say? Don't you tell them yet, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so they kinda they, they asked kinda feeling me out. He was trying to ask about my mom and my family and stuff. And he's like, What are you doing out here? Why wow, you're not from California? How do you know Eric? How you know you know how how they get here? How do you know my my friend over there in uh, Sacramento? That uh, kind of met at a. It was a a restaurant on the border in Tijuana, as just like a little shopping mall. Place. It was called Mules. <laughs> Mules, you know Mules? <laughs> no, wait, was it really? No. Oh. <laughs> that's the name of a brothel on the Strip and Revolution Boulevard. Oh, that's funny. There, but yeah, <laughs> Mules. It's right next to the the pony of Mustang Sally's and the pony and uh, uh, what's, what's the name of the pony? Of frog, uh, Senior Senior Pepe's. Senior frogs. Senior frogs. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so basically, you know the you, guy. <laughs> you're just you're just describe. I love it because you're you're describing a Tarantino movie. <laughs> So all right, so you you passed the interview, the background. Well, text. It, yeah, it was it it, it was passed the interview. He took me to my house where I be standing. It's like, yeah, you stand. It's just been my mom's house. It's right on the beach. It was abandoned, but it it had like three kind of dirty look like Mexican teenage kids standing there. They were like really young because I was like thirty, maybe twenty nine, thirty, and they were probably like 16, 17 year old kids. Like three of them, all with like guns and. And to clarify, Sean is very dirty and greasy himself. So that's, yeah. that's, to clarify, Sean is quite dirty and greasy uh, himself. Yeah. So he fit in. We're all greasy. <laughs> We're all dirty. Hot. So Hot. At, at any point, did they explain what would happen if you, uh, you know? They, don't, they didn't know. They didn't really have to It was to just implied. That. They're just like, well, they kind of had me there. And like, I couldn't really go anywhere without these guys. I was, I, I was basically a piece of property while I was there. But if you got like arrested, is that on you? Or is it just like that just happened? Oh yeah, that would be me. I'm saying, but like, would you like, as in, like, would would you? What then... am I gonna snitch out and get caught with like that thirty kids of coke? You, you're done. What well, I know, what I'm saying is, <laughs> like, like, so if they don't get, care, if, you got it from. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I'm just well, saying, though, give like, me less you, than if, life. <laughs> no, I'm saying if you get if you get caught and you're in jail, like, are there any consequences except you going to jail? 
Like from what? them? From them? Like I mean, can't... once I'm in jail, I have no idea. Oh, okay. I mean, people get killed for sneezing in the wrong direction. That's true. <laughs> like, yeah, it was, I mean, it's even worse now, I'm sure. And that was pretty wild. Like, what, 14 years ago? 13 years. Yeah, it's been a what, long time. what was the pay? Uh, I was get it started out ten thousand uh, per route, ten thousand dollars to drive up and back. Holy shit! But uh, yeah, well, I mean, at the end, uh, you get like twenty thousand. Uh, you get better. You like the better you do, the more money they they offer. You know, the more risk you're gonna take. What about a uh, dental medical benefit? <laughs> no, no dental. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let the record show. He just uh, showed his missing tooth. Since it's not, since it's not visual. Uh, okay, so you're you're you so you got this sweet new gig, man. You're you're running uh weed and coke. No, just straight up coke. Oh, just, I mean uh, the okay. first one I went up there, they had uh, sent me up with this little guy. They called him Carlito's Way. <laughs> he was apparently original. <laughs> His name was Carlito, oh, right. but he was a real badass. Apparently, he's like a badass, like 16, 17 year old kid. Like all the other kids were kind of spooked to this kid. He was really quiet. Oh yeah. Yeah, really quiet. Like, but everyone's like, like he's unnervingly good. He, quiet. He told the only thing. The only thing he really talked about was how he burned off his fingerprints with uh, super glue. Jesus. So that he could, because uh, he he sneaked back. He was a coyote, and he apparently had made his own own little routes. Uh, explain and that's that's how you make your is. money is, is is being able to get your own routes. Like that's how you move up in that in that job. Uh, define coyote <laughs> for people if they don't know. Uh, no, it's just, it's just like coming up with your own little routes. You know, your own little ways of getting across. So that, Oh, you'll make more money. You're gonna get more money for me. So yes, I'm gonna give you more people to smuggle, and then you know, and the more times you get away with it, the better they, they pay you because you know you're making that money. Okay. Because you just but you're just a so the piece fir- of equipment. So how many keys of coke were you, or how many pounds were you? Uh... Well, the, I, I would do no, thirty keys at a time. Okay. And so the first time you saw thirty keys of cocaine, run well, me I mean, through. Most that. I saw was like a thousand. Okay, run me through that. <laughs> I mean, well, he, yeah, where they go load the cars up and because the, they move everything. When I was doing it, they, the, the people I was with, they would load it straight from Tijuana into a tunnel and just pop it up on the other side. Okay. And then they drive it to this house and I would go pick up the car in Riverside. Like I, I, they, they, they had me go across before to test me out to see how I go. I, I followed Carlito in and we, they must have set it up because both of us got pulled over and searched. And oh, they didn't shit. let me know that there was nothing in the car. Oh, oh <laughs> shit. So, like, me and Carlito both, and he's like, I'm like, I don't know. He's like, I don't know. And I'm looking, I'm like, oh, shit. I didn't know that. I thought maybe it was loaded. But it, I, so, was I, it hidden at all, or they would just load it? Like, oh, yeah. Tank? It was, oh. I, you, you, it was a bitch to get it out. Where would they hide it? Uh, in between the back seat and the trunk, that little space. Yeah. Okay. They would load it in there, but it would be, it was in there pretty good. So <laughs> what, what drugs were you doing at the time? Like, would you do this? Uh, when I was doing or... that, I wasn't doing anything. I would smoke a little bit of weed, but like I was stayed sober for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah you don't want to be. <laughs> okay, I mean, so... I might like, if I got someplace, like I'd get to uh, Vancouver. Cause I, I would drive with, they'd have me do They drive straight up from uh Riverside up to vancouver and vancouver's awesome it's fun it's beautiful they have casinos everywhere they got the gaslight district so i would always stop there and try and get a hotel room or try and get out of there because it's kind of expensive and get a hotel room outside there 
So, so how long did this this go on? Like, how many runs did you make? Uh, about a dozen. About a dozen. Okay. And, yeah, and so, it, 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 what it, happened? It, well, uh, all right. They first had me going up, and I go to Vancouver, and I drive over to Toronto. But driving from Vancouver, Toronto, and Canada takes like a week. Jeez. And they want you to do that both ways. They only give you like a few, like three or four thousand whistles. I can't remember if it was three or four thousand they'd give you for expenses for like hotels and food and you know whatever Just expenses. Nice per diem. <laughs> yeah, like straight cash. It it, it it never covered the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not doing it their way, like because uh, I I started just going straight across America. I would just go straight up, and I'd go to Windsor and Detroit, and I'd just drive up from there, and I saved like <laughs> I could I could drive from Toronto to Tijuana in like about two days. <laughs> did, you, did you ever have any like car breakdowns or did anything like crazy oh, yeah. ever happen? I did on the at the, the last one I did. I did. <laughs> Oof. The last one. Uh, yeah. That, but that's, uh, you know. um, the last one that was, that was the most interesting one. Cause the last one uh, before I got to the last one, the one before I had got into a car wreck on Ventura while I was changing the radio station. I, I kind of bumped into like this, this bitch in front of me and her dad turned out to be a personal injury attorney. And they, 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 and I didn't have, I was, I had been doing all this stuff. With just my learner's permit. <laughs> oh my god! I guess that wasn't in the interview. That wasn't in the interview. Like, hey, well, no, well, because I I had got got my permit and I never got to all the. <laughs> I didn't have my passport either. So. Oh my god. <laughs> I I don't know. I guess I'm really smooth talking kind of individual, because I would get across the border like butter every time. It's god. just to drive across border. You know they don't even check you going to Mexico. Yeah. But I had like my birth certificate and my learner's permit. <laughs> that was it. That's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what uh what was next in the career? Or like why did you stop that? All right, well the car got wrecked. They they put it in the impound with the thirty keys in it. Oh fuck. <laughs> and I had to call it and I was like, Oh shit, what do I do? What do I do? I called my buddy Mr. Nice One, Eric. And they're like, dude, you're fucked. You're fucked. The thing's in there for 30 days. I'm like, they're going to think I, it's a setup. They're like, yeah, they're going to think it's a setup. You're going to be fucked. <laughs> I wound up sitting in the hotel. We were freaking out. I couldn't get anything. I was like, oh, I can't get any drugs or anything. I wound up getting that the air duster from the fucking no. <laughs> and up and duster in the, oh, I'm sure that made in the hotel better. room. Waiting, waiting to figure out what to do. I decided I had to man up and go down and be like, look, fucked up you guys didn't have car insurance that's that's why they took the car and impounded it because it didn't actually have any car insurance on it and uh <laughs> and i was like dude they're like oh it's just set up a, the guy from canada that i'd been delivering to super pissed he flew down uh, like the boss the guy i'd been working for the guy that, that interviewed me the guy boss he was he was cool with it he was like, look, you know, you came back to me. You didn't run. You're not trying to get do anything. I'm like, he's like, well, you go pick the car up in 30 days when you lease it. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so that, like he was cool with it. But the guy from Toronto came down and he was pissed. 
the guy yeah. Eric, uh, Mr. Nice Guy, called me and told me I need to get the fuck out of the out of the house. I I hopped out of the place I was standing the, the the hideout house on the beach, and ran and hid like a block away. And they had like this church water fountain. It didn't have any water in it, but I ducked down in the fountain because they had came up and they came and shot the fucking house up. Oh, they're like, like, they're like you're gonna steal from me, eh? I'll show you a thing or two, eh? <laughs> no, he was a Mexican guy. He just oh, okay. lived in Toronto. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they're, they're Mexican gangsters there, too, are Mexican in Canada. But, uh, yeah, so I kind of I kind of got stuck out. I didn't have any money because they, they came and shot up the house and everything. I mean, they knew they didn't get me because I wasn't there. But he still shot the fucking house up, and they, they took the money I had there. I, I had, like, a little bit of pocket money. And I went and hid out on the beach for like a month. Uh, I went and stayed with a friend of ours. And she wasn't even there. We just kind of house at me and Brando's house at the house. So me and him were kind of just like floating around for like a month. And then they, they finally got back in touch with me and asked me to, to go pick up the car. And I'm like, are you fucking shitting me? You guys just shot up my house and took my money. And now you're asking me to go back to work. Yeah, it's all good. Everything's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he's uh, like, yeah, trust me. Kept oh, but well, you tripped to Cancun after these. Da, 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 da. So what did you do? I wound up getting the car. Carlito had taken the car that I was originally driving that got in a wreck. And he started driving it up. And I was sitting there waiting to take another car. They, he went and bought me. He's like, we're going to make it straight. He was going to get my driver's license. And he got me another car. That was another BMW. And they were getting ready to load it up. But then those kids got up to Canada and they couldn't get it across the border. Mm. Like, yeah, you got like teenage kids like driving up with a fucking brand new BMW. I'm going to see my grandma. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they flew me and my girlfriend back up to take the car. All right. I got that same car that I wrecked. Uh, I decided, I'm like, I'm not taking the same car back to Vancouver across where this kid just got turned away the day before. So I was like, I'm going to drive over to Windsor. I'm just going to drive across Montana, Indiana, and all all that stuff, North North, South Dakota. (laughs) And the car breaks down in Montana. Mm. So after the car broke down, I was like, they're sitting there like, oh, we'll, we'll come get you. I'm like, dude, I'm in Montana. You can't do anything. I had to get the car towed 2,000 miles to Minneapolis just to find a BMW dealership that would touch it. (laughs) Like there was no, there was no around it. I'm like, that's $4,000 right there. So I got them to send me $6,000. And while I was out there, I was worried that they were, they they, they sent me all the money to fix the car and everything. And I thought they were going to come, come fuck me up when I go to Toronto. Cause he was like trying to tell me that my girlfriend that I rode up with, Oh, we have another car up here. We're going to take it. I'm like, they, they kind of sketched me out and mm-hmm. after everything that happened i just decided to take the load no <laughs> how much was on this load those 30 keys it was the same 30 oh, keys that got oh, caught oh. so <laughs> so handsome sean decides that oh yeah i would just I, take I, this 30 keys how much I about did. the how much about your personal life did they know though as far as family all that nothing oh okay well that's, that's, that's <laughs> i made sure them. they i made sure they didn't have the right information they have like my aunt's phone number <laughs> and apparently she told me they called her one time that was about it what 
<laughs> I mean, I, I had bullshit at them. But so they're like, I wasn't going to give them my real fucking Well, advice. and I guess, I mean, really. I, I, I'm, I guess I'm pretty smooth talker at them because they, they, they just were, they just saw dollar signs. So. Yeah, and 30 keys is a drop in the bucket, all things Yeah, considered. I mean, for them, yeah. I wound so up what's, what's the street value of that? It's like 600K. Oh, okay. Okay. That's money. Maybe a little so, bit more. So, but, uh, so now you've got 30 keys of a uh, car. Well, no, I took it. I took the car straight back home and I had already been selling Coke before. To New Orleans? Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. I drove straight like 19 hours <laughs> from Minneapolis to New Orleans. I drove straight. I, I stopped to pee. <laughs> well, okay. Gas in the so, car. so when you... I mean, how, 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 I, long... I just, I knew somebody who would take 30 keys. I, I mean, they didn't take it all at once. I left it with them and they, they'd sell it off for me and I'd get money sent to me. It was so somebody you... I grew up with. I knew forever. Like how I, much I did, don't... how much did you make off all that? 600 K 600 K. Holy shit. How long did it take to make that? Um, I mean, we slowed it down. I could have made it. I could have made it right away. We just, I just, every now and then I'm like, we need more money. Cause I, I wound up getting into, Hmm. Uh, I wound up getting into the uh, gold trade. <laughs> what? I I I I, I, knew, I know a lot of gangster guys and gangster people and stuff. And Wait, I, what's the? <laughs> explain this. Okay, I've taken that. I after I, I kind of jacked them. I not kind of jacked them. I straight up jacked them. <laughs> straight up jacked them. <laughs> they put money on my head, and they were looking for me. And they went back to New Orleans looking for me. They had flown in, and I went there. I had taken the car straight after he emptied the car out. I stayed in New Orleans maybe a day and I drove straight to Chicago and left the car right, right in the middle of the city and like left a note saying, fuck you. Thank you for the coat. <laughs> oh my God, dude. I mean, I guess if you're going to die, I might as well go out with your, uh, with your gusto. <laughs> well, no, I mean, actually they got in trouble on their own later. Cause they, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I left the note. I left it in Chicago so they wouldn't think it was in New Orleans. But then I went to New York and I had a buddy and I went and hit out in the like projects up in Brooklyn, up in Bed-Stuy. And I stayed there for maybe six months, eight months. I mean, once I saw my first blizzard, I was out of there. Uh, I don't like cold weather. I'm from the South. Like I, I stayed in New York until I saw cold weather and then I left. How, how long before you weren't like looking over your shoulder constantly? Oh, I wasn't worried. I was living in the projects. No Mexicans were coming there. That's true. Can we, can we talk about your your trip out? I mean, huh? Out, out to Asia? Out, out of yeah, yeah, yeah. Asia, yeah. I wound up in Asia for four years with that, that money. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because I, 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 after I got, I was thinking about moving to Vegas after I got done with New York because I, I had uh, set up a little video production company. I was doing like music video type stuff. I was just shooting live people playing bands live music and i had met these, these people in vegas that 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 all friends with the same people that I, I were together and one of them had found a really good deal on gold before it before it went over 800 for the first time and we were going to go get the source to go straight up by you know, real gold, but it was just black market gold. It was legal. We'd get a really big discount. And, uh, and so that was in Asia? Yeah, this is in the Philippines because I, I met the Filipinos in Vegas and I, I had actually gone out and bought gold from them and sold some gold to somebody that I knew. 
And I was thinking it was, it would be good because I was actually able to do it the first time. But after that, it kind of got a little bit more difficult because uh, the gold was there. And in order to go get it, you had to go out to like the middle of the jungle and go deal with all these what they call the clans, the militia people, kind of yeah. like the, the Asian clans. So you, it was cheap to, to bribe them, but you had to go do all their meet and greet. And, yeah, jump through all the Yeah, uh, They weren't just going to fuck with anybody, especially the Americans. They'd be like, CIA, you're, you're CIA, because these people are like t- tied to like Taliban and Abu Sai and like all these weird like Muslim cults, because they, they got like weird Muslim religious, uh, like religious zealots out in the jungles out in the Philippines. That's <laughs> <laughs> You say that like it's common knowledge, dude. Like, I, 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 I had no fucking idea. I mean, because it's mostly Catholic, but like that's where the Taliban started. I mean, that's where meth comes from and everything is all out in the Philippines. But like a lot of people speak English there, so it was a little bit easier for me to deal with. It's like you go down to Mexico or like South America and everybody speaks Spanish. And then if you don't speak Spanish, they like think you're stupid. <laughs> okay, so all right so then what so like how much money did you have at this point i mean by the time i mean i was put it was really hard to get money out there so i just put everything on credit cards mm-hmm. and pay people cash i I'd have my partner paying cash on uh because i i had to bring people with me that knew what they were doing so i, I was paying for like multiple people for like hotel rooms and meetings and uh just everything like suits you know, like we didn't have suits, so we had to get suits while we were there. So, but uh, fortunately, all that kind of stuff is kind of cheap there. Yeah, you can't slang gold in t-shirts. <laughs> no, 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 but no. you could do it in those pine and those uh, coconut husk shirts. I nice. I would have worn one. Yeah, <laughs> I would imagine I would have gotten um, like Slavic uh, Adidas track suits with gold chains. I figured that would be the that would be the uniform. Damn, it's kind of hot. DC boys, uh, it's hot. It's just yeah. as hot as it is here. Yeah, it's a hot. Okay, so I'd be sitting there, yeah, in a three piece suit. Where well, but like, so, like, at your, like, so, like, at your peak, like, what was your, like, net worth? Oh, I never got over 600. Oh, okay, okay. No, it it just just went down from there. And it's just, (laughs) were you doing, were you doing dope yet? Or, oh, yeah, I've been doing dope off and on since I was a kid. I I just, I hadn't done it a lot. What about in the Philippines? Like, what was the uh, the Philippines that all they got out there is meth? There's no mm. dope. You weren't doing dope out there? Uh-uh. Oh, that sucks. So you're just doing hella meth? No, I wasn't really doing a lot of meth either. I was drinking a lot. Oh, okay. okay. I was drinking a lot. And, I mean, I wound up I, I, I wound up ha- hanging out with uh, some locals that were down there. And we would just go straight up hang out in the hood and smoke meth and weed and go to the brothels and shit. Because, you know, the brothels are everywhere there. Just Any- sleep. Any like sketchy situations? I mean, I'm sure, oh, but like yeah. any that come, any. My yeah. best buddies were all professional basketball players out there. We got all kinds of shit. <laughs> what the hell, dude? But, like one of my buddies is like seven feet tall, and like I'm I'm like six one, and I'm already pretty tall. Like for for Philippines, yeah, I'm yeah. like I'm like Manute Bowl. But then I'm like hanging out with like a seven foot tall black dude he used to play for the Miami Heat, who got kicked out of the league for like I think he got caught with a pistol and some cocaine. That was pretty standard out there for the Filipino basketball league. Oh, I'm out here because I got caught with pistol and some coke. <laughs> so now I play. Like I must know three guys that got kicked out of the NBA there for for cocaine and a pistol. <laughs> Were you or with like, Chris Harris? Strong arm robbery. 
Yeah, like, yeah, you can't play in the NBA. Yeah. So okay. So how does how did that? So what what happened that all this? Uh... Out there, my probably the wildest little bar fight I got in. I was at like probably like ten a.m. at this place called L.A. Cafe, and it was like a it was a brothel with a pool table and a bar and stuff. But I had left my phone in there, and I was just completely wasted. And I, you know, they don't. These guys didn't speak English very good. I was like, "Hey, you know, motherfucker, see my fucking phone." And they're like, "Motherfucker, motherfucker!" He like started cursing me out, and he hit me. So I started fighting with them, and then like his buddies came in, they all kind of got up on each other, and we got pushed out of the bar. And I like took off my shirt and started like swinging on him with the pool stick. <laughs> And like the cops came and got us. I had I had one of my friends with me and he wouldn't get fight anymore, so I pulled him out of the cab. I started kicking him on the street. <laughs> You're drinking friend. Yeah. We're he, not he fighting. Was, dude, it was like ten AM, man. We've been out all night. Like, it was like, fuck you, you don't have my back, fuck you too. <laughs> so how how did this lifestyle like come to an end though? Or like what happened? Uh, I got completely uh, sold out by the, cause I, I had set it up where I was going to be making, uh, 50,000 a week, uh, doing this, this goal going back and forth. I had, I had set up, uh, I had to go build up trade lines in Dubai. Uh, I had spent a couple months in Hong Kong trying to ter- arrange selling this gold I could get out there because they, they didn't want to do it. I, I had set up a joint venture with a, a gold mine out there because they had been grandfathered in to export gold. And if you didn't go through one of these three grandfathered in gold mines, you had to go through the Central Bank of Philippines and then they'd know where you got the gold from, which all this gold was from the Marcos regime that uh, he had $150 billion worth of gold that he gave to his, you know, his driver, his his housekeeper, his all this stuff. And he'd given them out to all of them. But if you got caught with any of it, it's called five star Cambodian gold. If you got caught with it, they'd behead you. Like they catch you doing anything out there in the Philippines, you'd behead you. Like they catch you smuggling drugs in there, you get beheaded. That's reasonable. So yeah, yeah. Wait, was, what year was this? This was in what two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Okay, reasonable. Yeah. Yeah, reason. I mean, it's still like that. If you get caught smuggling drugs in the Philippines, it says on the. Oh yeah, that's that's where it says it on the plane ticket. <laughs> Dear, uh, Duarte, what's it? What's the guy's name? That's right, the, 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 the guy that's yeah, like kill uh, drug addicts. What, what, that new comedy special talks about it. Um, with uh, what's his name? The dude is on Joe Rogan a bunch. Um, I'm forgetting, but yeah, they. I mean, they they kill you now if you're just doing drugs. You just yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's the guy. I mean, but it. people, I mean, people still doing drugs like crazy out there. It's just, yeah, they're picky about it. They just say that as an excuse just to kill you. But yeah, yeah. They, they they won't do it just just because you're doing it. You got to be doing something else. Because yeah. oh. like, I mean, my buddy smuggled like an ounce of coke up his booty hole when we were out there. He <laughs> wasn't worried about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, so you got completely sold out, and like, then what? Uh, I wound up coming back to San Francisco completely like penniless and broke. And, uh, I, I, I got strung out in San Francisco with my girlfriend at the time. And, uh, God, I'm, I don't even, I think I stayed there maybe like a year. I had a bunch of different jobs. I was really, and then you ended up in New Orleans. I mean, that's where I, that's where I started fucking with you again. Yeah. That was after I went to 
Chucky. That was before I went to India, though. That was in, no, that was I think that was after India. That was yeah, that was after yeah. But I did. I went to India after I came back from the Philippines. For yeah. what? What'd you go to India for? Uh, one of the guys I had met doing the the, the gold illegal out the marmot trade. Like, what else are you gonna get into at this point? Uh, I was doing money laundering with these people. All right, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It wasn't. It's not really money laundering over there. It's just shifting cash. They call it. <laughs> yep. Because <laughs> like uh, these Indians would have uh, lots of cash, and then uh, they'd have investors that had bank instruments that couldn't get uh, liquidity. So they would, yeah, hey, buddy, can you give me some cash so I could do? They could do other things with their business, but it would be put their their bank guarantees or SBLC list standby letter of credit on the side to hold their to hold their interest until they paid them back how do you keep i guess it's just you know you you know people to know people but like how do you keep floating floating to these crazy positions of like international illegality (laughs) like uh, i mean they they just kind of like it's like a herpes or something you get one and it just catches the keys goes on goes on the next because i kept meeting them from doing the other thing i was doing Right. I would just meet him because once you're in that world, you're in that world. Right. <laughs> Some dude's like, "Hey, man, you ever heard of a uh, you know?" Uh, you, next is it like? Ivory, well, I was I was doing the gold. I, I was do, I I had been doing some meth deals with the people that I got invested with the gold with. So the gold thing was from a meth narcotics deals. And they happened. Hey, I got this gold too. You know, since you like meth. <laughs> yeah, and that's because I, I wasn't just like, buying a little bit. I was I was I was buying like pounds of it. For and this, this is this is like I the stuff. This is like the stuff, uh, the trailer park meth group I was with in like Gonzales, Louisiana, the shit we would like talk about doing or like, you know, have aspirations, but like we're just so like not like you're from Gonzales, bro. You don't know anything about it. (laughs) You're dumb. Like you're, you're. Yeah, Sean, yeah. Sean was doing it. Yeah, all like the meth dreams and the coke talks. Sean was, Sean, Sean was out there doing, doing it, man. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, but some people do it forever. I think that everyone I met that's been doing it forever is kind of beyond tainted as far as a person. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, like, I mean, had... like the guys that I sold coke for forever, they they don't do anything else, and they're just always kind of leaving that, looking over their shoulder and stuff. They don't get to enjoy any of the stuff that they get. Right. Right. Uh, like, uh, I mean, I, I since I've gotten out of it, I, I've only been maybe two years, been like uh, clean off of dope and everything. And not selling drugs, I, I I mean even though I'm not making jack squat for money, I, I feel a lot better in a lot of other ways because I'm not worried about uh, gonna get kicked in or someone gonna try and rob me or because I've I've had guns put in my face and I've been robbed and, and all that stuff and it's it's not fun. What what finally made you want to get clean? Uh, I died. Okay. I overdosed. Oh, can we talk about your death experience? <laughs> It wasn't really that much. I mean, I just went. To, I, I, I kind of f- figure out I was in purgatory. What What did you? Ex- I mean, explain the death. I, I, I had overdosed on what? Maybe like two years ago on cocaine and heroin, speedball. Mm. And uh, my roommate came in, and hit me with an Arcan, and like I was just kind of like floating in a big. I was like, it wasn't even a body. I was just like light, and I was just kind of floating in a big thing of goo, like black goo, and it was just light above it. And I just kind of floated there for a minute, and then I got I got pulled out from the the goo, and I'm back in my body. Like I was up over my body, and then I'm back in my body. It was so quick. 
they, they, they said I had been dead for like two and a half minutes. I mean, I've, I've met a lot of people from from on my my chat groups and stuff that have had death experience, and they've they've got like elaborate stories with it. But me, I'm just like now, I'm just kind of sitting there. I'm like, I, I'm kind of figuring it was purgatory because it just seemed like a big waiting area. I've had, yeah, I've had, yeah, I've had many death experiences myself, and and they've been different, which is interesting. I've had like there was uh, a cocaine a cocaine overdose. That w- that was the the one where like I uh, that was the only well two that like really scared me. Um, I like overdosed on some I think it was some like tainted dope actually in Tampa, but this has never happened to me before. Like I uh, I, I I shot some dope and I passed out and then I got woken up um, just violently. That you know you know like when you're experienced with drugs and like overdoses like. Typically, you can you can mentally separate like, oh, this is what this is. Like, I'm okay. Like, you you know, if you're in tune with your body, like, you're fine. But like, I woke up and I just like the the type of dry heaving that can like break a rib and stuff. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, this isn't okay. Like, this is this is like this is something. This is something bad. And I couldn't. Uh, I was unable to like scream for help. I was living with a, a a youth pastor. Actually, they were all asleep, and I'm just in the back room, just like fucking dying. The other um, my coma experience that was that was peaceful um and then the cocaine overdose was one where literally um it was like i was like transported to like a hell dimension or something and like i was in um i was in a bathroom and i had the shower on for the for the wawa effect and so it was it the water was hot and so it was all steamy and everything turned red everything uh it was like a like a cacophony of like screeches like screaming at me and it, it uh, like in my mind it was like oh yeah, yeah 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 this is this is like you're dying you're dying you're dying and then uh and then the 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 girl whose money i stole to get the coke uh kicked the door in and started beating me and i was trying to tell her that i was having like that i was dying and she was like good and like it's like she didn't she did not like it was she, it was that was awful <laughs> that was awful yeah it sounds fucking terrifying it was it was so, all right, so you finally decide to get clean, and so, like, how um, how did that go? Um, I, it... I just really got into the internet and just tried to come up with... Uh, it took me a little while to figure out what I was going to do because I was just like, I, I, I can't do this anymore. I, I'm like, I'm, like I'm, I'm just... I'm just... I, I, I kind of felt like I already was in purgatory because I was just doing yeah. the same thing every day like trying to go find more drugs to sell so i could get more drugs to do constantly and then like every three days i'd just eat a bunch of junk food and that would be my food yeah i, I was down i was 155 pounds around like 230 did did you do aa or anything or no okay. i i just really got into to to, to like building up my twitter and like really got into the news and like now i just kind of like write jokes and do the news kind of stuff on my Twitter. And I, I've gotten a bunch of groups and I just like, instead of spending my time doing, doing anything else like that, I just kind of like took that over as my like hobby. And, and so when you say, are you like completely off everything or I just smoke weed and okay. I, I mean, a drink every now, but I, I don't really do any hard drugs. I, I did. Uh, I, I, I got a friend in from out of town. I got a made ball. I did some Coke, but I just snorted it. And I was like miserable. <laughs> yeah miserable i'm like oh god this isn't fun at all oh yeah cocaine sucks yeah, yeah it's like, like i'm like agree like cocaine blows 
It's like well, if let me, you, let me ask you, you do actually, too little and you're like, I don't know. Yes. Or you do too much. It's really hard to like, oh, this <laughs> you, is just the perfect amount of cocaine to do. Yeah, that's impossible. Have you done, um, so um, I imagine you did like like cartel level cocaine? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, but I mean, this, I do all I did. I realized that the stuff I was selling for the guy, I, I already had pretty co- cartel level cocaine before. Oh, okay. So like, I, mean, I, I was getting it. I mean, I had been doing it. I probably sold cocaine for like almost twenty years. So it w- did you notice the difference in like like we'll call it quality cocaine? Is it a different high than like? No, it's the same stuff that I get. I would get from my guy. Okay. I mean, it was like, dude. Everybody says they got the best stuff. I'm like, no. The guy that I've been working for, like I've been knowing him since I was like maybe 20 years old and i've been i know i probably so coke for 10 years out of the last 20 so like Ugh, coke sucks god this is making me feel physically weird <laughs> but yeah i did some the other day and i'm just like i couldn't go to sleep i'm just Ugh. like laying there and i'm like because uh, I, I, I kind of just got the thing where i just get up and i take care of my dog i, I do, do breakfast and then i go to work and i just do one of those little uh gig jobs where i just drive around people's bringing their food and whatnot <laughs> nice and so so well tell me about it's so kind of i guess peaceful. we'll move into the, the well, tell me about your internet thing uh my twitter i got it uh that, that q and on shit <laughs> i like well, conspiracies <laughs> all right well so i actually someone asked me a question about this the other day and we won't i don't want to if brief what so briefly uh summarize the q and on thing it's Basically, it's fake news out there, right? It's fake news. You know, the news is fake. Yep. And the war is real. The news is fake. The war is real. They always say. All the QAnon thing is, is teaching people how to get news for themselves and how to think for themselves and to look at how to check stories and get it. And they, they try and make it seem like it's more than that. But really, it's not. It's, it's, it's trying to get people to get their own information for themselves instead of just accepting what's handed to them. Okay, so but – so where did where did it start? What does it mean? Like, All right, it what is started it? And, and how is uh, it tra- they, tied into the the into Trump? And Trump, I know everybody's like, oh, that's the hard part about it. Is like, because well, oh, that's that's how because it was so strange. Like when Fox News and and like, uh, yeah, it's, it's I think like it's one know. of the hardest things when people start getting into it is to accept that Trump is not a bad guy. <laughs> He's not as bad as they try and say on the news because you realize what you start realizing. Everything that they do on the news is talk shit about them. They don't. They don't ever bring up it because nobody's that bad. Well, I mean, we people will, are bad, but nobody. We will. Uh, we will respectfully disagree on that one. <laughs> <laughs> they, they they never cover anything that he does that's that's good. Once you start realizing how the coverage goes for him, it's just like, dude, it's completely fucking biased. It's just like the. Yeah, the, I'll, I'll just go off what he actually like. We can just stick with just what he actually says on his Twitter, and that's enough for me. Yeah, do you read everything he says on his Twitter? Oh no, All right, we're not going to make this about Trump. <laughs> we're not going to make this about Trump. We're not gonna I, do I that. mean, there's also two sides to everything. Like whenever you say it, you're going to some people are just going to take it negatively, no matter what. So, and some so. people will take it good, but like I kind of like it. There's like there's some people who are in the middle, kind of like because I'm more moderate. Then I, I then uh, independent, but I've, I've got more conservative side because just because I've seen how crazy the left is is right now, the left has gone to like full hysteria over everything. You can't do anything right for them. You can't please them. There's no pleasing them. True. Anything well, so- they, anything that like just looks normal, they will make look bad just because it fits what they're trying to sell you. Well, so what's your uh, what's your like future predictions for what's going on right now with our country? Um. 
I think Trump's going to win the election by a landfall. <laughs> I think that uh, I will bet you uh, 20 ounces of Cambodian gold that uh, I would love that. Yeah. You you really want Biden for your president? Really? Dude, the dude no, doesn't dude. speak for himself no. at all. I want I want vermin supreme. Yeah, vermin. Joe <laughs> he has he has legit stances if he actually. But I uh, thought that, that Joe lady was taking over for libertarian Joe. I think Jordan. she is. Yeah, she's all right. I like she's some right of her. Too. Yeah, like uh, like making a victimless crime illegal yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but I'm trying to talk about being realistically who has a shot. Because <laughs> I, I don't really even think they're going to keep Biden. I think they want to switch him out. I think he's just kind of holding the place because they they push back their convention for a reason. And he's like keeps making excuses not to have any well, kind I don't of. Want, I don't want either of them. I know, I but that's either. that's your choices, bro. <laughs> it doesn't have to be. Wait, so let's go back though to so Q Q started as an NSA, uh, right? Oh, yeah, and it's that's an NSA separate. They they even did stories about it before, and uh, it's part of this. They call it the NSA Policing Division. They've actually they've had generals and stuff come out on like Patriot podcasts and stuff. And actually talk about it and verify all this stuff as being real. Okay, so it's I mean, still, but there's I also feel like we I you got to take a like lot of it with a grain of salt because a lot of it is disinformation. But there are things in there that are straight that you need to know. All the disinformation in there isn't important, like to swing your thing. It's just wild stuff. Well, that's why I still feel like uh, so I still feel like I don't have a working definition of like or or like a of a, a layman's. There is no, it's, simple, it's not a simple explanation for it. It's not like a cut and dry answer. It's just, okay. I mean, in reality, it's, it's, it's an NSA group that is, that started this on a chain in order to get around the mainstream media so okay. they can let the people start knowing what's happening. And a lot of the, the crazy stuff that comes out of it is really from the people that are following it. <laughs> Cause right. there are, there are people like in any group that are just like a little bit crazy. Yes. So like how they were saying, like they were saying, Oprah's arrested, Oprah's in jail. Q never said that. Those were people saying that. Oh, in like the Tom Hanks stuff? Yeah, Q never, Q probably brought up Tom Hanks maybe once. He mm-hmm. never said JFK's alive. He never said JFK Jr.'s alive. That's that's people that are in the thing saying that stuff. Well, he, Q is not a singular person, though. No, it's a group. Okay. It's, 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 a, a, group. it's a group. And is uh, Trump is supposedly Q+, plus whenever he posts on the boards. But the, the boards are on 8Q, and they used to be on 4chan, 8chan. So I never go on the boards, so I don't they're really— They're saying that Trump himself makes posts? He puts posts whenever it's uh, put it as Q+. I don't know for sure, but that's what that's what it goes that's, around so as. And I kind of feel... lean towards that it is when you see it because— they're, okay, One of the reasons I know that it's real is because, look, there's this thing on Twitter. Q posts within seconds before Trump all the time they're called zero deltas and he did one the other day and it's almost impossible to post like that in front of someone unless it's coordinated you mean, they, you mean they post the same thing no no they post at the same time like q will post and then seconds later trump will post which or is, q plus you mean will post no 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 i mean trump will actually post on his twitter oh but q, q plus doesn't so does give, a, give, give, that give me, q plus is like on very several there's like 4500 4, drops and it's oh, kind of like set up so like. A, wait, give me an example of like. So what will be posted on Q, and then what will Twitter? No, no, just Trump the timing tweet? of the posts. The timing of the posts. In order to be able to post several seconds before Trump, uh, he's probably done it like a hundred times. It means it's coordinated. All right, 
That means Q posts and then Trump posts. That means that Trump knows that Q's posting and tr- posts right after him. But what would? But what? Give an example of like something. Q it would doesn't post. really matter what they're they're saying in the tweets because there's hundreds of them. So you, I, I'm okay. trying to tell you that the coordination between them posting at the same time is impossible to do unless you're doing it together. Like but you can't just post but, on but Twitter. To be coordinated, like wouldn't me? the two things have to be linked? You see what I'm saying? Otherwise, it's no, just no, like... no, 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 no. You, you don't you don't get what I'm saying. I'm saying that in order for me to post before the president that many times within seconds, I have to be coordinated with him to be able to post. All right. So I drop and then he drops. Do you know how many times a day he well, drops? Why do they do that? Why do they do that? So that people that are actually watching, they'll say, how many times before it's numeric, uh, before it's mathematically impossible? All right. It's impossible to post before Trump seconds beforehand, hundreds of times. It's impossible. You can't just guess that. So, I mean, like, what is the message that he's, like, with it, No, no, it doesn't matter what the tweets are. You, you, well, that, the actual a- odds of you posting before the president that many times is impossible unless you're doing it together. You understand? But, 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 there's, but there, wouldn't there be billi- millions of examples of things that are posted seconds before a tweet? No, there's there actually, if you look into it, you will see that it's impossible unless it's coordinated. You can't you can't tweet before somebody else that many times and be right in front of them. I'd be different if it was after him. All right, say Trump posts and then you post. That's different. But if you're posting before him, seconds beforehand, that many times, it's not by chance. It's impossible to be by chance. You couldn't just accidentally post several seconds before and he actually talk about like how that's why I was saying mathematically possible. He actually says how many times before it's mathematically impossible. If you were asking what he says, that's what some of the tweets are. They, he will tweet before Trump and then Trump will tweet right after him. So either Trump's watching Q and then tweeting, <laughs> which would be the only other way, which means that Trump is following Q. Okay. Still confused, but okay. so all right. Well, no, no, no it's fine. All no, right, no, no, you go to the same outlet. Oh, no, 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 it's fine. All right, it's fine. you go to the same crack house. <laughs> I, I did not. I am not here to talk about math. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right. Well, that's so. That's we're we're about it anyway. So, what? Uh, yeah. So, what's your Twitter handle and all that? If if people want to try to uh, handsome this Sean one, handsome Sean one. Yeah. Just I'm the gonna number start, one. Number one. I'm gonna I'm gonna start tweeting seconds after you. <laughs> but you ain't the president, yo. I know, but we don't. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's you're not. True. You're not also saying that you're part of. <laughs> or yeah, or am I? It just means that it just means was, that they're coordinating together. It doesn't I was about mean to ask. I was about to ask your thoughts on COVID, and I I think that would be. Devesh is shaking his head. No. <laughs> All right, actually no, fuck it. Like, give me <laughs> It's real. It's okay, real. Okay. Yeah, give give me like a three sentence thought on COVID. Uh let me see. Uh remember when we stopped letting uh tariffs uh with the China and their and their economy started going down? Yes. When did COVID start? <laughs> okay. So <laughs> It seems like quite a uh, quite a negotiation tactic, but it doesn't sound out of the realm of possibility with the CCP. Hmm. Okay, I don't hate it. <laughs> yeah. So, but okay. So, yeah, you're absolutely COVID is real though. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. It's not fake. Uh, yeah. People getting sick. I just don't think it's as bad as people 
They're saying they're saying that uh, the rates are going up because they're also doing more testing, but hospitalizations down. Hospitalizations up. Hospitalization for people with COVID is down. Well, in the well, tests are up where more people have cloth, it. Like like in, in mortality has also gone down. But, but we're doing in, more testing. in certain hot spots like Houston, Austin, it, it, it hospitalization is up. But they've also got more people testing that are getting tested without signs, too. So a lot of people that have it aren't really showing symptoms. So they're testing people to like go to work and things like that. Mm-hmm. So people that aren't showing signs shouldn't really even be getting tested. Mm. But people are and they happen to have it. But most of them like probably have the antibodies. They got what that had herd immunity. Because mm-hmm. it gets weaker as it goes on, they're worried that it's going to mutate. But mortality rate is still going down on it. Not more people are dying, but more people are definitely getting tested. I think. Well, uh, let's let's see if we can summarize with a statement we can all agree on. <laughs> Shit's fucked up right now. Agree. <laughs> it'll get better. <laughs> after the election, after Trump's oh, back God. in, it his- okay, all right. <laughs> Well, I will uh I will remember you as the uh the cocaine running, gold smuggling, Indian counterfeit money guy and uh we'll leave politics to the side. <laughs> and, and I love you for that. I do uh thank thank go ahead to bed. Oh yeah, that's what I was saying. Let's just let's just stick to the drugs. <laughs> yes. Well something we all have in common. So I do uh yeah, man, that's a crazy uh crazy story. I I appreciate your time coming on. And so yeah, handsome Sean one on the Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, hit him up for a Give more up, detailed you anon. Give it to me. You get off the dope and give it to me. Yep. Oh God. Get off the dope <laughs> and you get on the on the Twitter. I need the likes and the retweets. Yep. <laughs> I'm literally creeped out right now. Just I know, stand I know. sitting here. Uh, well, gentlemen, <laughs> thank y'all. Oh wait, send send me an email, churchandotherdrugs at gmail.com, uh patreon.com slash church and other drugs and store frontier slash search on the drugs. Peace out, y'all. Peace out, y'all.